Well, I want to continue today our series on 40 Days of Prayer. Man, it's been so awesome. I've been hearing some stories of people that are gathering together in groups that are praying. Man, I spent some time with a young man yesterday. He's a son in the faith, and we had two and a half glorious hours together. And he told me that him and his wife are gathering together every day doing the 40 days of prayer. And they're doing the prayer journal. And I don't know about you, but every time I read a verse from the prayer journal and I start journaling, I recognize the deep things that God is saying to me. Come on, somebody. It's been amazing what the Lord has done. And as we continue this journey of faith, this journey of 40 days, I am amazed to see that God is keeping his promise as he does not only speak to us, but he answers prayer. He answers prayer. A couple of weeks ago, we, we recognized that we have a privilege to pray, that prayer is actually a privilege. And prayer is so powerful in our life because we know that God has given us some incredible, precious promises that we can hold on to, that we can pray and ask anything in his name. But this morning, I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And we're going to walk through the scripture a little bit today. And we're going to give you a good foundation in the word when it comes to the Holy Spirit. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Pray in the spirit at all times. Everybody say, pray in the spirit at all times. With every kind of prayer and petition, to this end, stay alert with all perseverance in your prayers for all the saints. Notice what Paul says. Number one, he says we need to pray in the Spirit. Number two, he said pray all kinds of different prayers in the Spirit. Then he said we need to stay alert in prayer. That we need to keep on praying. That we need to stay vigilant in prayer that we cannot stop praying because we've got a real enemy. In fact, Paul the Apostle is telling us to do this in the context of spiritual war. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and wickedness in high places. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Prayer is part of the armor of God. Now, I want you to look at Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. Paul says that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, that we're too weak to pray on our own, that we don't know what to pray, we don't know how to pray, but it's the Holy Spirit that prays through us, that the Holy Spirit prays for us with words that we cannot even utter. Now I want you to look at John chapter 14, verse 12. John chapter 14, verse 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. 
Jesus said, I'm going to the Father and I'm going to mediate. I'm going to be the mediator between God and man. And that is powerful. He said, and if you pray anything in my name, it'll be done for you and you will do greater things than I did. Now, he's not talking about the great miracles. Now, also that we can do those things. Yes, we can do miracles. He's not saying you're going to do greater miracles than I did. What's the greatest miracle of all? That Jesus Christ rose from the dead. You can't do a greater miracle than that. But what he's saying is in proportion, He's going to send this spirit on all believers and that little group of people, that little group of disciples now is going to spread and it's going to be worldwide. I want you to think about the power of what God did through the gospel when Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he sent this spirit into 120 people. They changed the world and now we see the gospel being spread throughout the world. Why? Because greater things you have done. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is living in every one of us. And I will do whatever you ask, listen what he says, in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it, according, obviously, to his will. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you. Everybody say, to help me. To help you and be with you forever, he is the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. Now, I want you to know that even though we have learned that prayer is a privilege and, and that prayer must be a priority in our life, and that God has given us prayer as a provision so that we would not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, God will help us to have peace in our life. He'll center us because power comes from prayer, and prayer is powerful, and we know the precious promises of God. But I believe that God wants to say something to you today. I'm believing that God will change you forever through your prayer life. You will never experience healing. You will never experience transformation. You will never experience the divine power of God, insight and wisdom and intimacy with God until you understand the missing ingredient in most Christian lives. And I want you to know that missing ingredients is that we're not being filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Come on, somebody help me out and say amen. I mean, there's a lot of Christians that pray. In fact, there's a lot of people that pray. Muslims pray three times every day. They pray more than most Christians do. Catholic people go to church, many of them every day. Some people go to church every day. Hindu people pray all the time. Even Christians pray. And yet the truth of the matter is there's a lot of people that don't experience intimacy in their life. They don't experience power in their life. They don't understand the wisdom of God that they need to understand through prayer. And why is that true? Because they have not developed an intimate relationship with the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus tells us that he's going to go to the Father. It's expedient, he said, that I go away. For if I do not go away, I will not send the comforter. But when he comes, uh, he will guide you into all truth. He said, it's important for me to go so that I will send the Spirit. And when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you shall receive dunamis power. He said, I'm going to give you the promise of the Father, and that's the Spirit. And the truth is, for some of us, it's not being more disciplined in prayer. 
or making more time for prayer or understanding the pattern of prayer. And all these things are really important in our life. And there's some people that are very disciplined in prayer. But I believe the missing ingredient in many people's lives is the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me say to you again, the Holy Spirit will make all the difference in your life. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot pray effectively. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot pray with power. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot pray with discernment, knowing what the will of God is. You see, I know a lot of Christians that take that scripture out of context. I can pray anything according to what I want, and God will do it if I do it in the name of Jesus. And there's a whole lot of people that are praying in the name of Jesus, but they're not getting their prayers answered. Why? Because they're not praying discerning prayers. They're not praying God-centered prayers. They're not praying according to the will of God. And as a result of that, they're not getting their prayers answered. And a lot of people walk away saying, God really doesn't answer prayer. God doesn't answer simply prayer. He answers God willed prayers, the willed prayers of God, the prayers that says, yes, this is my will for your life. Why? Because God has incredible wisdom. His ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. And as a result of that, the best thing that we could do is pray in the will of God. And when we pray in the will of God, he hears us and he answers. Somebody say amen. Glory to God. So who is the Holy Spirit? For those that don't know, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is just as important as Jesus. He's just as important as the Father. And it doesn't bother the Father to make sure that you understand that the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity, the three in one, God. One God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he'll give you power. And what role does the Holy Spirit play in our life? Notice, he said, I will ask the Father, and he will become your helper. He'll become your helper. The Holy Spirit is at work in every place, everywhere that God is at work. Wherever God is at work, the Holy Spirit's at work. Wherever God is healing the sick, the Holy Spirit's at work. Wherever God is creating, the Holy Spirit is at work. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit was in the beginning, and he was hovering over all that was not, and he was there to create. The Holy Spirit was the one who was breathed into the very nostrils of mankind, and he breathed the pneumer of God into mankind, and they became a living soul. The Holy Spirit is the voice of conviction to the world. The Holy Spirit is the, is the one who comes to live inside every believer and changes our hearts so that we we can be who God wants us to be. Listen, the Holy Spirit is the one who makes us understand the gospel. You cannot understand the gospel. Let me tell you, I've been a pastor for a long time, and I've seen a lot of people come to Bethlehem Assembly of God, and I've seen some people, they hear the gospel for the very first time, and they come and re respond to the gospel, and men, they are lit on fire. There's something that happens in their life. They are changed by the power of God. I see some people, they come to church year after year year after year, and there's no change in their life. I want you to know why. Because you can come to church. Listen, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian as much as going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. You can come to church week after week after week after week, but until the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, until you're born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will not be changed. At best, you will be religious. Come on, somebody. Help me out there. Now, I want you to know, you're in trouble today. You know why? Because I didn't preach for two weeks, so you're going to get it. Double barrels. Come on. 
I, I notice in the scriptures Saul. Now, Saul wasn't always a bad king. He wasn't always a wicked king. But the Bible tells us that Saul went to look for the donkeys, and on the way, he met the prophet. And the Bible says the prophet, he took a flask of oil, which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, and he poured it upon Saul's head. And the Bible says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was a changed man. Hallelujah. If you want to be a changed man, if you want to be a changed woman, you've got to be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, unless you're born again by the Spirit, you cannot see, you cannot understand, and you can't enter into into the kingdom of God. But man, once you enter into the kingdom of God, you can't be the same. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is the one who does that work inside of us. He's our teacher. He'll teach you all things. He's our guider. He'll guide you into all truth. He's our comforter. He said, I will send you the comforter. He's our equipper. He gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who gives us the fruit of the Spirit. He gives us love. You need more love. You need the Holy Spirit. You need more patience. You need the Holy Spirit. You need self-control in your life. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. He's the revealer of the deep things of God. He's the voice of God. He's the voice that moved the prophets to speak and write the things of God. He still speaks today. God is still speaking today. Somebody say amen. Glory to God. But one of the most important roles of the Holy Spirit in your life is that he will be your helper in prayer. You know, as I was beginning to think through the sermon a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't get to preach it because my daughter had, had a baby a couple of Sundays ago. I was ready to preach this sermon two Sundays ago, but the Lord didn't want me to. He said, wait. I got, I got a different crowd of people you need to tell about this. And so I began to pray and think, okay, God, Lord, what do you want me to say? And I remember just kind of preparing for 40 days of prayer. And I thank God for the prayer journal, man. I thank God that every day I can open up the prayer journal and, and read the scripture and hear what God wants to say to me. Man, it's been powerful. I'm on, I'm on the 21st day of reading, and every day I read the scripture, and God shows me something different and deeper than I've ever seen before. I can't believe it, but it's so powerful. The Bible is so powerful and so deep that you can't read it one time and really truly understand. You can't read it a thousand, a hundred thousand times and really understand all of the truth because God is so deep, and the word of God is so deep that it'll take a lifetime and beyond to understand everything that's in the word. But I remember just kind of thinking through, and God said to me, you know what? The prayer journal is great, and the pattern of learning how to pray is great. But you tell the people at Bethlehem Assembly of God and all those that are watching via live today, live stream today that without the Holy Spirit, they will never have a prayer life the way I want them to have a prayer life. They will never be effective. They will never be powerful. They will never understand the deep truths of God's word without the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's been poured out on us to help us to pray. The Holy Spirit transforms our prayer life. The Holy Spirit empowers our prayer life. The Holy Spirit directs our prayer life. The Holy Spirit uses us in prayer to change the world. I, th I think of these disciples that were in the upper room. Jesus says to them, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And then he tells these same disciples, I want you to go into the upper room for how long? About 10 to 11 days. And I want you to stay there, lock the door in the church and pray and fast and seek my face. He said, and then when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power. And on the 11th day, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came down and changed 
changed those early disciples. And Peter, who was afraid of his own shadow, now preaches the gospel and 3,000 people are saved. And now they turn Jerusalem upside down. It was because of the day of Pentecost. It was because of the Holy Spirit that came to rest on every believer, that baptized them in the Holy Ghost. I love what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2. And then after that, they devoted themselves to, to the preaching of the word of God, to the teaching of the word of God. They devoted themselves to prayer and to fasting, and they devoted themselves to praying with one another. And the Bible says there was such awe. There was the presence of God. I pray that God would do the same thing at Bethlehem Assembly of God, that we would be so devoted to prayer that when we get up out from praying, something will shake our hearts and our minds, and we'll be changed on the inside to take the gospel to the world. And the Bible tells us that they shook the world. Why? Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they got tired, they went back into their prayer closet and they were filled again. Why? Because there's one baptism but many fillings. And God wants to fill you with his spirit on a daily basis so that you can have strength and power to do everything that he calls you to do. I will send you the helper. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. And I notice in Acts chapter 5, the Bible says that they were doing some great things and they made some people really mad and they threw Peter in prison. But what did they do? They didn't cower. They didn't get discouraged, but they went back into prayer. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit came again upon those same disciples and the house was shaken and the jail was shaken and Peter was let set free. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit once again came and empowered their prayer life. Are you getting tired? Are you getting weary? Do you not know exactly what God wants you to pray? I want you to know that you can go back into your prayer closet and say, Holy Spirit, I need a fresh touch of your spirit on my life. I need you to fill me with your spirit. I need you to direct me by your spirit. And the Holy Spirit will come again and give you a powerful encounter with his spirit so that you can go back into the world doing the very will of God in your life. Come on, somebody say, thank you for the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when God's people allow the Holy Spirit to help them to pray. That's what happens when God, God's people allow the Holy Spirit to empower their lives. And God is getting ready. I believe God is getting ready to do it again. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. God's getting ready again. Now, I don't know if Jesus is coming back today. I'm ready. He said that Jesus is going to come back like a thief in the night. We don't know when he's going to come back. That's why we all need to be ready. Because Jesus is going to come back in a time when we don't expect him to come back. So you, be, you better be ready when Jesus comes back. But he says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he'll do it for our young people and he'll do it for, and that's what I'm praying for today is that God would do it in our children. A couple of weeks ago, I told the children's pastor, and I told the youth directors, and I told the young adult directors, and I told all, let's start praying for our children that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray for our young people that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray for our young adults that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit makes all the difference in our life. And Jesus said in John chapter 4, time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Man, I, I hear a lot of worship going on, or at least I hear a lot of singing going on, but I wonder how much of it is real worship. 
I see a lot of dancing going on, but I wonder how much of it is it in the spirit. Amen? And so this morning, I want to give you six ways that the Holy Spirit helps you to pray. Number one, I want you to write this down. The Holy Spirit, take out your journal, write this down. The Holy Spirit prepares our hearts and our spirits to meet with God. It's the Holy Spirit that prepares our hearts to meet with God. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. See, God is holy, holy, holy. And we can't just come into his presence. And it's the Holy Spirit that actually prepares our hearts to meet with God. Jesus said, like I said before, unless you're born again of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Ezekiel says, I will give you a new spirit, and that spirit will take your heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh so that you will obey me, so that you will be holy. Because the Bible tells us that no one that is unholy can come into the presence of God. And so it is the Holy Spirit that actually changes our hearts he regenerates our hearts. I, listen to me. I came to this church when I was a kid until I was 19 years old, and I was not born again by the Spirit of God until God touched my heart. Man, I used to come to church. Why did I have to come to church? Because my mother made me come to church. Let me, let me tell you, parents, it's okay to make your kids come to church. Oh, but I, I want them to be my friend. I don't want to force them to do anything. Friend, let me tell you something. Don't get offended, young people. You don't know what you need. Your parents know what you need. You need to be in church. I didn't want to come to church. My mother told me, she, listen, I had an Italian mother. She was four foot nothing, right? And, and, and she'd tell me, look, Steve, I know you're doing some things that are wrong on Saturday night, but you know what? On Sunday morning, you'll come to church. She used to drag me to church, and I had to sit right there, right there. She made me sit right there. And I want to be honest with you. I didn't want to be there. Last thing I wanted to be is in church, but I had to be in church. And the truth of the matter was is that I didn't understand what the preacher was saying. You know why? Because I wasn't really born again. But, man, I remember at 19 years old when I had that car accident that you've already heard a million times that I've had. But, man, I remember at 19 years old, I was, sh I was shaken to the core. I was not living for God. I was not right with God. The Holy Spirit was not at work in my life. But, man, I was scared because I just almost died. And I know my mama told me that if I died and I didn't know Jesus, I was going straight to hell, and I didn't want to go to hell. Listen, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Come on, somebody. And man, oh man, I came to church that Sunday morning, and I was still shaking over that car accident. And I know that God said, I'm giving you a second chance. And I said, God, I don't understand you, Lord. I want to tell you the truth, God. I don't really even want to worship you, God. But God, you've got to do something inside of me. You've got to change me. And I got up from that seat right here and I came to this altar and I said God do the change on the inside and all I got to tell you is this man I came humbly and broken before the Lord and the Holy Spirit was sent into my heart into my life and the Holy Spirit took this hardened heart and he softened it and I went home and I began to read the Bible and I began to understand the Bible and the more I understood the Bible the more I understood the love of God the more I understood the love of Jesus in my, my life the Lord gave me a 
power, gave me a love for him, gave me an anointing that came from the Holy Spirit so that I would love him and serve him. And man, that was when I was 19 years old. I am now 25 years old and I'm going strong. Double that by two. I'm 55 years old and I'm still loving Jesus. Why? Because when you get the Holy Spirit on the inside, he does the work. He changes you. He rearranges your heart. He changes your life and he gives you a passion. He gives you a joy and he gives you a want to in your life to love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Come on, somebody. Help me out and say amen. Glory to God. Come on. Give the Lord some praise this morning. Come on. Praise the Lord this morning. Say thank you, Jesus, for the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside. And now I can't get enough of God. I like to pray. Not always, but most of the time. There's a yearning. There's a something inside of me because God's prepared me by his spirit to meet with him. Secondly, the Holy Spirit reveals God to us. He actually makes God real to us. And he shows us what God is like. He makes the deep things of God clear and understandable to us. God is so deep. And yet, the Holy Spirit is the one who makes God so not only real, but clear to us. He helps us to understand the very nature of God. Listen to me. We couldn't ever understand God without the Holy Spirit making God understandable to us. Because God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And we don't understand what that really means. Only the Holy Spirit makes it real to us. That's why people think we're nuts. Really, come on. The Bible tells us that the wisdom of God is foolishness to man. That's why people can't understand you. They can't understand why you love God so much. They can't understand why you go to church, you serve the Lord. They can't understand why you give your money to missions. They can't understand why you want to read the Bible. They can't understand why you don't want to have sex before you get married. They can't understand why you want to do certain things and, and you don't do other things. They can't understand. Why? Because it's foolishness to them. They laugh at us. You can keep on laughing all you want. But I've been married to the same woman for 35 years, and I'm in love with the same woman for 35 years. And listen, my head is on the right place, and I know what I need to do, and I know how to do it. And I have three beautiful daughters. I have two granddaughters. I have two female daughters. No, one female daughter, one male daughter. I'm just two girls, 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 girls. But I'm blessed, 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 blessed. You can call me crazy all you want, but I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. Glory to God. The world might think we're crazy because they can't understand they don't understand God. They don't understand God's ways. And when you're going through a difficult time and you're still holding on to God, they don't understand that. Curse God and die. But the Bible says God works all things out for our good. Hmm? Now, you know, when God spoke to me a couple of days ago when I read that. I think it was uh, two days ago when I read that in the prayer journal. And here's what God showed me. He said, God works out, he works out all things for our good, temporally and eternally. But you see, see, you have to have the wisdom of God in prayer to know, is God, is God working this thing out for me in this lifetime or in the lifetime to come? That is so critical. There's a lot of Christians that get so discouraged when they don't get their prayers answered in this lifetime. And they can't, they can't understand that God is so far beyond this life. I remember I was praying and fasting for my cousin. He had cancer. He was in his 40s. I was in my 20s. 
And I prayed and fasted for three months. I prayed and fasted for three months. Every day for lunch, I did not eat nothing for lunch. I just fasted, 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 fasted. And my cousin died. And my mom came to me. She said, boy, uh, Stephen, I'm really worried about you because you really put a lot into this and you, you're, you're discouraged. I said, no, no, Ma. Listen, let me tell you something, Ma. I've been in prayer. And God showed me that Johnny is dancing in heaven today. And some of our prayers, even though we pray it here and we want it now, God knows what he's doing. All things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You see, it's in prayer that you understand the deeper things of God. Because you could see beyond this world. You could see beyond the, the limitations of this world. You could see beyond the limitations of our own wisdom and knowledge because God takes you deeper and he shows you the deeper things of God. I want you to notice this. In fact, I want you to go home and read this. Here's some homework for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Come on, chew the cut on that, Scott. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. <laughs> so you don't know the thoughts of God. You don't know the way God is thinking about the situation you're going through right now. So you take it and you take matters into your own hands and you do what you think your spirit's telling you to do or your flesh is telling you to do or somebody else is telling you to do. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says you have an anointing from God so that you can hear from God yourself, so that you can hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And when you don't know what to pray, when you don't know how to pray, when you don't know why you should pray, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit prays through us. He intercedes for us and he helps us so that we can pray the perfect will of the Father. You don't understand what's happening in your life right now. Why? Because it's spiritual and we're in a spiritual war and every time you get up, that's why I'm always praying for my kids. That's why I'm always praying for you. Why? Because we can't see with our eyes what's going on in the spirit realm and I want you to know today the devil wants to destroy your life. He's a thief. He's a robber. He's a murderer. He wants to destroy you, your marriage, and your children. Children, and if you get into prayer and you know the power of prayer and you pray in the Holy Spirit, God will show you the deep things of God so that you can be discerning, so that you can pray the perfect will of God. Because the only prayer that God answers are the prayers that we pray according to his perfect will. Come on, somebody say amen. Glory to God. Notice what he says. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God but the Spirit of God. What we have received. It's not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Oh, my. Oh, my. There's so many Christians that live far below what God wants for their lives. Man, we make choices way outside the will of God, and we live with the consequences constantly. Because we're making decisions that are far outside of what is best. And only the Holy Spirit knows what's best for you. Only the Holy Spirit can direct your life. He says, this is what we speak not 
in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. Remember what I said. They laugh at us, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only, only through the Holy Spirit. I want you, I want you to think about that. Pray through that. Number three, the Holy Spirit has been sent to us to simply help us to pray. The truth is, dynamic prayer, powerful prayer, intimate prayer, discerning prayer, God-inspired prayer, miraculous prayer is impossible without the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, pray that you do not enter into temptation because the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Prayer is warfare, friends. It's unseen. One of the hardest disciplines of our life is prayer. Why is it so hard to pray? I mean, we could pray like, in fact, unfortunately, churches, ministers, people, they've given us formulas to pray. Well, just pray this formula. Do this. You know, just go into the church and just, just light a candle. You're connecting to God. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, put down any, but just, 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 just follow this religious act. And if you follow this religious act, then God will hear you and he'll answer your prayer. No, 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 no. Real prayer is spirit-directed prayer. Real prayer, prayer is dynamic, powerful prayer that is led by the spirit in our life. And it's really hard. Prayer is one of the hardest disciplines in our life because we can't see God. I mean, we see what God has done. We see miracles. We see how he creates everything. But the truth is, when I get down to pray, when I get down to pray, I don't see God. I just get down to pray, and I believe with all my heart that God is listening to me, that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And when I get down to pray, and I, and I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, God begins to show me things in the Spirit. And I begin to pray for my children, and I begin to pray for you. There are times when I, a person comes to my mind in the church and I just begin to pray. Sometimes it's in the middle of the night. Who tells me to do that? It's the Holy Spirit that's directing me. And who knows? I don't know. I don't know what you're going through at that moment, but God knows and he tells me through the Holy Spirit to pray for you. See, prayer is powerful when we recognize it's, it can be spirit-led. Romans 8.26 tells us, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we don't know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself, listen what the word is, intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. That's why Paul says, in this spiritual war that we end, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer. Jude chapter 1 verse 20 says, but you, dear friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to pray in the Holy Spirit? It means that we pray in the power of the Spirit. Prayer energized by the Spirit. It means that we pray being led by the Spirit. There are so many times, and I don't want to be repetitive, but there are so many times when I'm at work, when I'm riding my bike, when I'm hanging out at home, and all of a sudden, my daughter Julia comes to my mind. And I just begin to pray for my daughter 
Or all of a sudden, my daughter Jenna or Janine come to my mind, my grand, whoever, whoever, my wife, whoever it is. And, and, and it's, that, it's that spirit that's directing me to pray because it's led by the spirit. Those are powerful times of prayer. It means to allow the Holy Spirit to pray for us and through us. That we need to take time to allow the Holy Spirit. And every time we quiet ourselves and we're still before the Lord, we need to say, pray through me, Holy Spirit. I am just a vessel. I want you to see yourselves as a temple. I want you to see yourself as a vessel. And I want you to see yourself as one that is filled with the Spirit. And then when you go into prayer, you give permission to the Holy Spirit to pray through you. It becomes powerful. I have seen God do incredible miracles through my life because it was through the power of the Holy Spirit. It means the Holy Spirit is right in the middle of my prayer. It means the Holy Spirit is praying and aiding me in prayer. I, I remember when I was just a young Christian in the Lord, and I got down to pray, and God gave me a vision. He gave me a vision that when I get down to pray, listen to me, this is so powerful, that Jesus is right behind me, that the Spirit is right next to me, the Father is right here, the Trinity is helping me to pray the perfect will of the Father. Do you ever worry, do you ever wonder if your prayer is not adequate, that you just don't pray well? Well, don't worry about that. Because the truth is, the Holy Spirit has been given to you as your helper. And the Holy Spirit interprets to the Father what's really even on your own heart. This is partly what it means when Romans 8.26 says, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. What I think he's actually really saying is, is in a sense that he prays through us and for us and sometimes even straightens out our words and helps us to pray the very perfect will of God. Have you ever gotten to that point in your life where you just, you were out of words? Have you ever gotten to the point in your life you just like, I just have no idea how to pray anymore? I don't know how to pray about this situation anymore. I don't know how to pray for my kid anymore. I don't know how to pray for my marriage anymore. God, I don't know how to pray about this situation in my life, this thorn in my flesh that, that keeps on gnawing at me, Lord God. I don't know how to pray any longer. God, I'm out of words, God. And then you cry out to the Holy Spirit. You say, Holy Spirit, help me. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes, and he gives you words. They're not English words. They're not words of this world. But they're words that come from the very throne room of heaven. They're heavenly words from a heavenly language because he prays through you with groanings that words cannot even express. And then you begin to pray and all of a sudden your spirit comes alive again and you start getting up. Man, there have been times when I was so tired. I came into this uh, into this sanctuary right here. You weren't here. It was 5.30 in the morning and I began to walk around this sanctuary and I began to say, God, I don't have the answer for this church. I don't know where I'm going to get the money, God. I don't know how I'm going to do this, Lord. 
torn, and I'm tired, and I'm weary, and I have no other words. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to pray through me, and I begin to pray in another language. And the Holy Spirit gives me this energy, and I just start running around the sanctuary saying, yes, God, yes, God, you're a great God. You're a mighty God. I praise you. I worship you, God. And in the name of Jesus, I know that the chains are going to be broken, and God, you're going to do a great work. And I know I can leave this sanctuary. No, my daddy, my Abba, he was pleased with my prayer, and the answer is on its way. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It means the Holy Spirit shows us what to pray. And then the Holy Spirit gives us this heavenly language. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, as the worship team comes, suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that rested on each one of them. And they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. One author wrote it this way. Sometimes the Holy Spirit may want to pray through you in a language that he and the Father know but you don't know. The Holy Spirit prays through you for details of problems that you don't know you need don't know how to get it. He takes authority over the satanic powers that would hinder your prayers. He claims the victory and praises God for the answer. And he expresses in the language of heaven the love that you do not know how to express, the need that burdens your soul, or the praise that fills your heart. Paul taught the Corinthian church that letting the Holy Spirit pray through them in tongues was really important. But it didn't mean that we are not to pray with the understanding as well. Paul said, so what will I do? He said, I will pray always in the Spirit on all occasions. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Be controlled by the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. I will pray with the Spirit, he said, and I will pray with the understanding. I will pray with my heavenly language, and I will pray with the language of my heart. Because, you see, the Holy Spirit has been given to us to help us with the most important thing in our life. And that is to love God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And to find Him in the secret place in prayer. Did you know that the Holy Spirit has also been given to us so that we can worship God in spirit and in truth? So I want you to stand to your feet right now, would you please? And right now, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to take control of this worship moment. Take control. You see, look at me, every one of you in this place as we close right now. Shh, no, no walking around, no moving. Just those that are called to pray for people should be moving right now. If you're in the, the cafe, and I know there are many in the cafe today, in a moment I'm going to ask you to respond and go forward. There's a pastor in the cafe. If you're watching via live stream today, wherever you are, maybe you're in your living room, maybe you're at Starbucks, just stand on the table. I dare you right now. 
just, just push that chair. Stand on the table. Say, I love you. I dare you right now. Wherever you are. I know that some of you struggle with guilt and condemnation because you feel so dirty and unworthy to be in the presence of God. Right now, the Holy Spirit wants to wash you clean. He's the detergent that God sends to wash our hearts clean again so he could prepare us to be in the presence of Almighty God. You know, the Holy Spirit also tells us on a daily basis that we are the children of God. The Bible tells us that he tells us constantly we are his children. Why? Because sometimes I don't feel like his child. The last thing I feel like is daddy's child. Because I know how messed up I am in my mind sometimes. I know the struggles that I have in my own life. But it's the Holy Spirit that wants to draw us right now into his presence. The Holy Spirit wants to draw you into Abba's presence, into daddy's presence right now. The Holy Spirit wants to draw you into the presence of Almighty God. He wants to draw you into the presence of Yeshua, Jesus. So I want you to close your eyes in this place, and I'm going to ask you a question. I ask this question every Sunday morning because I never want anybody to walk out of this place without knowing for sure that if they die, they go to heaven. And you say, Pastor Steve, I'm not sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven, and I need Jesus to be my Savior and my Lord. I want you to raise your hand right now. You see that feeling that you have in your heart? You see that feeling? You feel it? You feel it? You know who that is? That's the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Because if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I'd be lost. And I'd be way on my way to hell. But it was the Holy Spirit that tugged my heart. You say, Pastor, pray for me today. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life. Maybe you're here today. You say, Pastor, I'm a Christian, but I've been living in sin. And I need to get something right in my life, man. I've got bitterness in my life. I've got unforgiveness in my life. Pastor Steve, I've, I've got some sins in my life that just keep on pulling me away from the presence of the Lord. And I need to get right with God today. Some of you are running from God. You're a Christian, but you're backslidden. And you're running from God. Today, you need to come home to Daddy. The Holy Spirit. Listen to me. Listen to his voice. Shh, shh, shh. Listen to the Holy Spirit's voice. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will not strive always with men. Don't reject that voice. Because the more you reject that voice, the harder your heart becomes, the less you hear his voice. But if you're here today and you know that you need to get right with God today, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want you to get out of your seat right now. And meet me at this altar right here and say, yes, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you 100%. Get out of your seat right now. Come on, quickly, quickly, quickly. Listen to the voice of the Spirit as he's speaking to you. Listen to his voice as he's speaking to you. Come on, come on, come out of your seat right now. Say, yes, Lord. Anybody, come quickly, quickly. Come on. We've got another service to go and the Holy Spirit speaking. You come out and say, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. Get out of your seat and come and surrender your life to Jesus today. You say, Pastor Steve, I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper in God. I want to understand God better, and I want my prayer to be energized by God. I want my prayer to be energized by the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled 
with the power of the Spirit, I want you to get out of your seat right now quickly and come to this altar and say, yes, Lord, I want I want you to touch me, envelop me, Lord God, and fill me, Lord, with the power of your Holy Spirit. Come on, come quickly. In the balcony, I want you to come quickly. I want you to come forward in the cafe. Somebody's there to pray for you. I want you to get out of your seat right now and say, yes, Lord, envelop me with your Holy Spirit right now. Come, come, just come out of your seat. Yes, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Come on. Anybody need to come today? As you want to be filled with the Spirit, raise your hands. Come on, I want you to raise your hands with me right here. Say, yes, Lord, fill me, envelop me with your spirit. Come on. As we sing this song, just find your way at the altar. Just say, yes, Lord, do it again in my life. One time you were walking closely with God. And now you need to come again. Yes, Lord. They're going to come. Just come. Just start coming. God's going to do a work in you. As the Holy Spirit begins to speak. As the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you, just step out of your seat. Say, yes, Lord. Fill me again, Lord. Fill me again, Lord. Fill me again, Lord. Yes, Lord. day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, 120 people gathered together and said, Lord, I want to shake the world. Lord, I want you to do a work inside of me, a new, fresh work of your spirit inside of me. And on that day, God touched them and they were filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe today you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in another language. And you say, I just want the Holy Spirit to empower my life and do something incredibly different inside of me. And I want him to begin today. I want you to come today. Come out of your seat. Just come and spend time with the Holy Spirit today. Maybe you're here today and say, I just want to be more intimate with the Holy Spirit. I just want to hear his voice clearly in my life. I want you to come today and spend some time with the Holy Spirit today. All right, just raise your hand towards heaven today. All across this place today. And let's let the Holy Spirit do his work. And I want you to begin to pray. And if you're not know a pray in the Spirit, just begin to pray in the Spirit. And we're going to turn this whole sanctuary into a place of prayer. And when you need to leave, We've got the next 15 minutes before another service comes. I want you to raise your hands towards heaven, and let's just worship God in the spirit today. And I want you, wherever you are in your seat, I want you to say, God, do something deeper in my life.